Good morning. We're going to have a great time today. Well done making it through the snow. How many of you guys got stuck shoveling this morning? Only one person had to shovel. It's the one who's not in high school. Well done. Your parents take way too good a care of you guys and uh, apparently don't make you do anything. All right, so I'm sure you guys do stuff. It's just something else. Um, but we're, we're entering a series as a church that's going to be going on for six weeks called What on Earth Am I Here For? This morning's title is You Matter to God. As I was kind of going over some of the notes, I discovered that the average American lives 78.2 years. Um, and we are not all average. Um, some of us will live longer. Some of us will not make it that far. I've done funerals for students. It's a sad thing. But you're not guaranteed any length or amount of time. But just even hearing an average it's kind of a strange thing because it kind of puts a scope, a perspective on it. You look and you go, you know, hey, I'm 16, I'm 17. It means I've got 18, got 60.2 years left on average. Um, and you kind of, you know, you, you can kind of do the math and you go, oh, well, what am I doing? You know, that means that almost a quarter of your life has been used, has been spent. What, what is it? accomplished? What purpose has it served? In fact, um, as I have gotten to work with high school students for a few years, I guess I've worked with students for a long time. I've had a lot of, a lot of the students I had in fifth grade are now in college, which is kind of weird. Um, got people who I had as students coming back and asking me to do their weddings, and you're like, whoa, weird, weird, weird. All right, so I don't think I'm that old, but apparently I've been doing this for a while, and the years passed for me too, but whatever. Um, as, you know, as I talk to students, I've discovered a lot of times it's in late high school that people admit and acknowledge that they have no idea what their purpose is. They have no idea where they're going or what they want, where they want it to be going. And it's quite common you talk to a high schooler and you're like, all right, so what's, you know, high school is coming to a close, then what? And they look at you and they go, I don't know. Everyone keeps asking me, but I don't know. There's this college, and there's this college, and this college, but if I go to college, what are they going to go to college for? And they start rattling us off, and like, this college, they want me to go to this one, this one, they want to charge me this much money, but why? And they go through this big thing, like, well, why? Because I don't know where I'm going, why I'm going there, what I'm going to do, and what my purpose is. And they ask these questions, and it's very common. In fact, it's, it's like almost a joke about high schoolers because it's so frequent, yet the problem doesn't actually resolve when someone gets out of high school. It's not like in high school you have all these questions and you graduate and they hand you a diploma full of answers. Like, ah, you've graduated to the answer key. Yes, you are good at the, and yes, this is my purpose. It's not what they hand you. They hand you a little piece of paper that they put a stamp on and said, you pass. Goodbye, go away, and don't come back. Like, they hand you this piece of paper, but it doesn't have these answers. In fact, many adults are in the same place that we joke about high schoolers being in. Many adults are wandering and wondering what their purpose is. They're going through life and they go, I just don't know. In fact, a lot of them are very, very empty because life has continued and they still don't have a clue. A lot of them are trying to run from the questions. They don't just live a purposeless life. They try to hide from the purposelessness. And you go, well, how do they hide? Like, where do you hide? Can you, like, crawl under your bed? And can the purposeless not find you? Like, where? Most of them try to live a distracted life. When 
someone is void of purpose, it, it's very hard. Most of the time, purposelessness is like a vacuum. You will find something to try to live for. But in this attempt to try to avoid the question, many people turn to Netflix, to TV, to video games, where they'll go to work and they come home, and as soon as they get home, it's quick. Don't let me have any moment to think about my life and my direction because, whoa, that I realize that I have no direction. It's race, get home, turn on something that will keep my mind busy for the moment. And they just go through um, and they're, they're just watching, they're doing different things. In fact, when I was a kid, kids played video games. And maybe it's because the video games that they had when I was a kid just weren't that good. Um, but we thought they were awesome. I remember the Nintendo and all the different things. And we had an Atari, but that was not quite as cool. But it was, it was cool at the time. But uh, I remember so many different games, but kids played games. Do you realize that the average gamer today is between 30 and 35? Did you know that they broke up the gamers, just, they broke it up into three categories. They said uh, those under 18, 18 to 35, and age 36 and over. Do you know which group is the largest? 36 and over. You know, what happened? Like when I was a kid, it was the kids that played the video games. What? And it's not that if you play a video game and you're you know, out of high school, you're a loser. That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, but the problem is that a lot of them don't play a video game to quick have some fun and play a video game. They play a video game to fill the empty void and to drown out the silence. I've talked to people that are older that, uh, that don't play video games, but they're guilty of the same thing. They go around and they can't have a moment of stop. Because if there's a moment to stop, there's a moment where the questions all come crashing in, and so they have to be going. And it's a matter of whether, you know, hey, what's going on? Looking up online, what's happening in downtown? What's going on over here? What's going on over here? What's going on over here? Because they have to be doing to try to drown out the noise. And I, I know it because there was a point where I was afraid of the quiet. Because as a little kid, you're afraid of the dark. And as you get a little older, the dark's not so scary. But for a lot of people, the quiet is still scaring you. The quiet the place where something isn't um, overriding your senses. The place where you stop and think. For a lot of people, that's a scary place. Because in that place, all of a sudden they realize that they have no direction. That they have no purpose. That they don't know what they're living for or why. In that place, they find that lots of questions come in. But as I think about this, without God, where are you going to find purpose? What are you going to find purpose in without God? See, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God made you on purpose with a purpose. Without God, life has no purpose. If, um, here, let me, let me start with Dr. Hugh Moorhead here. He's a philosophy professor at, at Northeastern Illinois University. 
He once wrote 250 of the best-known philosophers, scientists, writers, and intellectuals in the world, asking them, what is the meaning of life? He then published their responses in a book. Some offered their best guess. Some admitted that they just made up a purpose for life. And others were honest enough to say that they were clueless. In fact, a number of famous intellectuals asked Professor Moorhead to write back and tell them if he discovered the purpose of life. Like, these are supposed to be the smart people. These are supposed to be the philosophers. These are supposed to be the people who have everything figured out. And they just look at him and go, I don't have a clue. If you figure something out, tell me, because I'm clueless. And you go, well, why? Because if you remove God, there is no purpose. Without a creator, you're a fluke. You're an accident. And, and you can't find a purpose. How many of you guys are guilty of spilling things on a regular basis? I am raising both of my hands and a foot. But uh, I, the, the rest of you guys, you guys are awesome. Well done at not spilling. Um, in amongst the many things that I've spilled, has anyone ever microwaved something too long and then grabbed the bowl or plate in a hurry? and realized that it was hot after you get it out of the microwave and it's burning your hand? Yeah, done that. So I, I remember the one time I grabbed the bowl that I'd mic- just microwaved and yanked it out of the, there and then realized it was burning my hand, which kind of made me jerk, which then made the hot liquid that was way too hot inside because I over-miked it, like spill out onto my hand, which then burnt my hand worse, which caused me to drop it. Um, and then the glass bowl and ramen noodles or whatever it was go all over the uh, kitchen. What was the purpose inside the mess? Someone's like, is this a fortune cookie? Like, <laughs> no, there was none. There was actually no purpose to the reason that glass went in some places and not in others. Now, that is one of the worst messes because cleaning up wet stuff, that's a mess. Cleaning up glass is a mess. Cleaning up wet stuff with glass is really a mess. But you look at it and you go, well, well Why? It doesn't have a purpose. It was a mistake. I dropped it. Oops. And that's what a lot of people are told they are. They're told at school, hey, you are the result of a spill, of a mistake, of water, a soup, a lightning strike, and lots of time. Ta-da! Like, what significance does that have? None. What right and wrong does that have? None. Because there, there is no purpose without a creator. Without a creator, it leaves you empty. Um, Life without purpose is pointless. Without purpose, you have purposelessness, which equals hopelessness. It's a life like a rat on a wheel. Anyone ever watched a little hamster or a little rat, and you just look at them, and you're like, you have no life. You're stuck in a container that's like this big, and you just walk around, and you're like, I'm bored. And you get on this little thing that goes nowhere because you're bored and have nothing to do. And you just go. Like, oh, and where? Nowhere. Do you realize that's what a lot of people are doing? And then they're just going because they have no purpose. And I don't care the moment whether you want to acknowledge God as the creator in the sense that he just created and said, be, and boom, there was, or if you want to believe that God created the Big Bang and directed it. Um, I think that actually takes more faith than to realize that God just created it, but 
Either way, you have to acknowledge that on its own, things break down. Things don't, it's not like you take something that's broken and go, what do you do? It broke. Here, leave it out for a day. It'll get fixed. Just leave it outside. It'll fix itself. That doesn't happen. In fact, if you take something that's nice, go leave it outside for two years. See what happens to it. Like it just, things deteriorate. They, they wear down. They break down. In, on their own, things don't improve. There is a creator. So we, <coughs> we find our purpose from the creator. And one of the largest mistakes that so many people make is they try to find their purpose within themselves rather than looking to the creator to find their purpose. And in yourself, you, you, you get glimpses of what the creator put there, but you don't get a clear definition of what you're made for. Ephesians 2.10 again says that we were created we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God made you. He doesn't make junk, and he made you with a plan already in mind. He has a purpose for you for your life. Psalms 139, verse 14. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Um. You are his masterpiece, and he gets to determine your value and your purpose. I don't know how many of you guys like art. I can't really claim to be an art um, major. I appreciate people who are good at it. I'm not good at it. And I don't appreciate things that are really classified as artsy. Um, when you find someone who can actually paint or draw and make it look like something, I think it's awesome. I, I do appreciate some of the paintings that you look at and you're like, is it a picture or a painting? Man, they're good. Um, but when you look at I, some of the most expensive paintings ever sold, most of them aren't that good, in my opinion. Um, in fact, the Jackson Pollock number five, uh, a few years back I looked it up and at the time it was the most expensive painting ever sold at 105 million. I want to say it sold a couple years later for 140, but you'd have to check it up. But you can look up the Jackson Pollock number five. I was looking at this painting, and it's really expensive. And I, I'll describe this painting to you. It's like a brown canvas, and someone took, looks like someone took paint brushes, dipped them in paint, and went like this, over the canvas. Wee! Different color. Wee! Looks like something my three-year-old would do. Sold for an excess of $100 million. And you look at it, and you're like, it's, it's not even like a cool picture. It's not like, you know... You guys, I, most of you guys can draw something better than that. Um, I know some of you can draw better than that, Caleb. Um, but uh, they, they get these paintings that are awesome. But you see this one, you're like, it's just like scribbles and things on a canvas. Why, why do you pay? Man, if you want to pay that much, let me sell you my kid's art. But uh, like, why do they pay so much? <clears throat> because of the creator. The reason that that painting was valuable is because Jackson Pollock made it. If I made that painting, they would probably have laughed at me. Said, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't paint. All right, so, like, well, it's true. So, like, that, that's what, what makes it significant, what makes it expensive, what makes it valuable. In that case, it is the creator 
what makes you awesome, what makes you valuable, what determines your purpose, your creator. Psalms 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Ephesians 1.4. Long before he laid down the earth's foundation, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as a focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. God made you on purpose, made you with a purpose, and made you to love you. And God wants a relationship with you. Isaiah 44, 2. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. God has a plan for you. There are unplanned pregnancies. There are surprises, but there are no unplanned or purposeless people. Your parents may not have planned you. In fact, they may have been slightly shocked or even perturbed about your... um, Appearance, but God has a plan for you and a purpose for you. Nobody is a surprise to God. Uh, Psalms 139, verse 16. You saw me before I was born. The days allotted to me had all been recorded in your book before any of them ever begin. Uh, If you don't understand the purpose for something, you'll break it. You'll misuse it. You'll abuse it. I have children. They've broken a lot of things because they found different purposes for things that weren't the intended purposes for them. Um, My brothers, I think and my sister, have all lost phones because kids wanted to see if they float. Um, They decided that the phone wanted to go into a cup of water or a toilet, or a sink, a tub, or you name it. Um, and they don't understand the, the purpose behind things, so they abuse the purpose. How many of you guys have ever tried to use a screwdriver for a crowbar? How many of you guys have broke the screwdriver? <laughs> yes, I'm not the only one. Yeah, you're like, all right, yeah, it looks a lot like a crowbar. You know, it's got a, you know, an, uh, it's like a lever, and it's got a little flat thing, you're like, and then it goes, eh, and go, oh man, now my screwdriver does this. It doesn't really work. And um, it's no fun when you break it, my friend. Um, but when you, he had a card that kind of helps demonstrate this. Because when you, when you just look at yourself to determine its purpose, sports cars and big trucks, you know what they have in common? Big engines, horsepower. You get in both of them and someone's like, I want to feel the power. Like, yeah, you get in the big truck. (laughs) But what happens if you try to treat a big truck like a sports car? Kaboom, 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 kaboom. It rolls over. Um, It's like a dog's new trick. And it's just, when it's not meant to go that fast and to handle corners like that. It's not the way that it's designed. But what happens then if you treat a sports car like a big truck? It breaks. It's not meant for towing thousands of pounds. It may have a lot of horsepower. It may have more horsepower than your pickup, but it's not designed for that. You load that back up, you're going to break the axle. Or in my friend's case, um, in my friend Mark, when I was in high school, we did roofing together, and he had an old sports car. It was a hatchback. It went fast, only fit two people, but if you opened up the hatchback, he could fit in a good bit of stuff, and he would load it up 
with boxes of nails for um, the roofing or shingles and caulk and different things. So he just filled it up. He completely ruined the suspension in the rear of his vehicle because it was not designed for hauling construction material. But you look at it and you go, well, it has enough room and it's got lots of horsepower. Yes. But that's not how it was designed to be used. And if you use it incorrectly, you will damage or destroy the item. And he damaged severely his car. That car was meant to go fast, carrying almost nothing. It only had two seats. You're like, all right, it's you and one person and go. That's all that car was made for. And to feel cool while you're doing it. But uh, he destroyed it trying to use it like a truck. A lot of us destroy ourselves trying to find our purpose, trying to find our value, because without the purpose, you'll struggle with the value. Mark chapter 8, verse 36 says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to forfeit his life? God said that he's got, he created you, he declared your worth, and your value, and declared it above all the earth. But if you don't find it in him, you're left looking all over. People look to finances. Um, They look to a lot of different things. Can you put up that picture for me? A lot of people are kind of in a ladder, ladder, in a field like this full of ladders, and there's like, well, what's your purpose? I don't, just get to the top. What's at the top? I don't know. Don't know what's up there, but I'm just going to climb a ladder. And they just climb a ladder of something. And they're like, well, what are you getting? Where are you getting? I don't know. Maybe if I can just get promoted. Maybe if I can just accomplish. Maybe if I can just get them to like me. Maybe if I could just get revenge. Maybe if I could just get enough money. Maybe if I could just get famous. And they just start climbing these ladders. But the problem is that there's nothing at the top. And for so many people, they're looking in all the wrong places trying to find their purpose and they're finding themselves more and more empty. It's why all the time you look at people that that have everything that we seem to be living for so often and have nothing. You find people and you look through, you walk through the checkout aisle and you're like, this famous star worth millions of dollars just tried to commit suicide. This famous star doing drugs and this famous star... Well, why? Because they've got lots of money, they've got the fame, they've got accomplishment, they just achieved the accomplishments that they dreamed of as a kid, yet they discovered they were on the wrong ladder. So many of them looking for money. You look at um, athletes. Do you realize that within two years of retiring from the NFL, 78% of NFL players have gone bankrupt or in financial stress because of joblessness or divorce? That within five years... 60% of former NBA players are broke. That they're going for something and they get caught up in this cycle of trying to climb this ladder and it just begins to produce more emptiness and more desire for out into the point where even though they made millions upon millions of dollars, it leaves them empty. I think this was really well said by, uh, or displayed by Tom Brady. For those of you guys who don't know who Tom Brady is, he's the quarterback for the Patriots. He'll be playing in the Super Bowl tonight. But a few years back, he had an interview with 60 Minutes. And this guy's won 
He's got three Super Bowl rings, or at least at this time he had three Super Bowl rings. And I want to say this was before the last Super Bowl that he won. But I could be mistaken. I don't know my football stuff that well. But he's, he's famous. He's rich. He's achieved the career success that he was going for. Yet this is what he has to say. Can you go ahead and roll this portion of his interview? Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I love playing football, and I love being the quarterback for this team. And, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of other parts about me that I'm trying to find. Why do I have three? To listen to somebody who's got a $60 million contract, who's achieved all that he ever dreamed of as a kid, just look at you and go, there's more. There has to be more. And that's where so many people are at. The problem is that so many people don't achieve enough success to figure out that the success they're trying to achieve would still leave them empty. So often we just look and go, the reason I'm empty is because I haven't succeeded enough. If only I could get the Super Bowl ring. If only I could get a million dollars. If only I could get that girl to like me. If only I could get, and we, we, we have these if onlys. But when we're trying to live for one's self, you'll find that life <laughs> is empty, that it's meaningless. See, life is just the beginning. It is meant to be practiced for eternity. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says, For through the living and eternal word of God, you have been born again as the children of a parent who is immortal, not mortal. And it begins to go through painting this picture that we are not just about this life, that we are to live forever. Yet so many people don't live for eternity. They live driven by guilt, resentment, anger, fear, trying to prevent building walls, trying to prevent things from happening again, trying to avoid relationships so that they can't get hurt again and different things. They're trying to, people living for materialism, for living for money, living for things, trying to get in order to try to fulfill but taking these things from outside and trying to bring them to yourself to find empty to fill, find fulfillment is empty. That um, many people are living for someone else's approval. These things aren't going to fulfill you. They're going to leave you empty. As I got looking at this, uh, realized that knowing your purpose brings meaning and value. Knowing your purpose brings meaning, value, strength, and direction. We're going to go over for the next few weeks, and we're going to be talking about the five purposes for each of us. But um, it is so important because it brings strength. It brings life. I don't know if you ever talked to somebody who looked at you and, and look, kind of looked like they got hit by a Mack truck. They're just kind of like, hey, God, you going to do anything? No. Too tired. And the phone rings. It's that girl that they've been after. Yeah, yeah. Hello? What just happened? Yeah, yeah, I can come. Be right there. And they're like, taking off. What just happened? You were dead. What, what? 
called. Like, they got the glory. You know, you mean you got a purpose for something and all of a sudden you now have the strength and the energy to go and accomplish something? You mean, like with my children, they sit here and I'm not hungry, I'm not hungry, I'm not hungry, I don't want to eat my food. And you're like, do you want ice cream? Yes, I want ice cream and eat your food. And all of a sudden it gives them the strength and endurance to say yes and eat their vegetables. You're like, what just happened? Um, they had a purpose. Purpose brings endurance. Purpose brings strength. It brings self-control. Purpose brings so much. It being, But so many people are living without it. And we're going to spend the next few weeks looking at our purpose. Um, living according to the creator, to the designer, the one who made you on purpose, with purpose. The, the one that we will one day stand in front of. <coughs> and when we do, we're going to give an account for what we did with Jesus and for what we did with what he gave us. All of our opportunities, all of our skills, our resources, our time. How's that going to go? Are you ready? Are you ready to stand in front of God? Have you received Jesus and made him your Lord? We're going to have fun as we go through and talk about all your purposes, but to start with, God loves you and made you to be in a relationship with him. And if you haven't started a relationship with God, you're going to find that life is meaningless. Because having a relationship with the creator is where it all begins. And if you say, you know what, I want to know him. I want to begin to live for him. I want to walk out the plans that my creator has for me. I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand while everyone bows their heads and closes their eyes. Say, that's me. I want to know God. I want to make him the Lord of my life. I want to start a relationship with my creator. Get ready to raise your hand. One, this is your chance. Two, three, raise up your hands nice and high. That's me. Awesome. Who else says, that's me? Awesome. All right. We're going to say a simple prayer. The Bible says that whoever calls on his name will be saved. So we're going to call on God's name, and you will be saved. We're going to declare him to be Lord. So go ahead and repeat after me, whether you raised your hand or whether you've done this before. Say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I want to live for you. Every day, I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.